This is a special episode of Apprenticeship by the State, where we talk with apprenticeship directors from seven states about the impacts of COVID on apprenticeship and their state's response. I am Joseph Hollins, former state apprenticeship director of Louisiana and a member of the governor of Louisiana's COVID response team. I broke my glasses today. And guess what? My optician is closed. <laughs> so I am now <laughs> recognizing that uh, my dispensing optician, you know, who went, is an apprenticeship sponsor, um, because of uh, the restrictions right now, I can't get my glasses fixed right now. Patricia Morrison's observations from Virginia call attention to that. The elephant in the room is the coronavirus. It has changed everything about most of our lives, how we operate, how we work. A question I have for current apprenticeship directors is, how do you think the coronavirus is going to change the apprenticeship system? What are some challenges or maybe even opportunities you see there? What is clear is that first and foremost, the COVID-19 pandemic is a public health crisis that has raised a host of safety issues across the country, including in the workplace. Registered apprenticeship has always been designed with workers' rights and worker protections in mind, and that part is why registered apprenticeship is housed in the United States Department of Labor. COVID has underscored the role of regulations and the need for cooperation of program sponsors to ensure safety and success. California's Eric Root highlights the need for the business community to be partners in workplace safety to protect workers. The other thing is is, is really uh, making sure that employers within our apprenticeship community, uh, in California, there's a law that, that there's a presumption uh, that uh, if a worker comes down with COVID-19, that the presumption is, 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 is I mean, they would qualify for workers' comp. And so it's, it's really, the other thing that we're also noticing is, is really a, a reliance on our business community to make sure that we have a safe workplaces and, and, and really uh, the, the backbone of our businesses is our employee talent. Beyond being a public health issue, COVID has shocked the nation's economy and led to a massive spike in unemployment. A question some of us are asking is whether the hit on the economy will undo the progress that has been made in growing apprenticeships and undermine the efforts to develop more skilled employee talent. Minnesota's John Aiken shares some of these questions. When the economy takes a hit, a registered apprenticeship, being that it is employment-based, can put an employer in a different economic situation in terms of its long-term outlook. And so you may see a reduction in staffing. So there are those considerations. As does Pennsylvania's Eric Ramsey. The first thing that I'm seeing with this is with all the unemployment, because apprenticeship or registered apprenticeship is tied directly to employment, you know, how can we retain our existing apprentices? We're kind of pausing our apprenticeship program. How does that affect how, how they get paid? But unlike in the Great Recession, we haven't so far seen the same sort of drop in apprenticeship programs or shedding of apprentices as a result of COVID. Employers and state agencies are working hard to keep apprentices engaged and employed. Josh Johnson shares what he's seeing in Wisconsin. To my knowledge, not a lot of apprentices have been laid off. Thankfully, we have not been severely affected here in the state of Wisconsin uh, by the coronavirus. But 
we have experienced some of those apprentices being laid off. So we have to really work to reassure them in working with their sponsors that the plan is to bring them back. If for some reason they do not go back to that company or if that company decides they don't want them back, they become number one on our list for our field staff to get connected to a registered apprenticeship program. North Carolina's Catherine Castellas agrees that the dreaded downturn in interest or support for apprenticeship doesn't seem to be happening. Fortunately, we have not really seen an impact here on the apprentices for the -the on-the-job training. The building construction trades were considered essential, so they've continued working. I do think there are opportunities for employers on the the flip side, too, with uh, the high unemployment and the possibility of gaining more skilled workers for the different occupations. So far, registered apprenticeship has stayed fairly strong through the COVID crisis, and apprenticeship directors around the country are hopeful that it will be a key tool in the nation's economic recovery as new types of businesses and new models emerge. Back to Josh Johnson in Wisconsin. As we start to think about life after the uh, coronavirus pandemic, and starting to look and see where registered apprenticeships can capitalize essentially on the workforce, either being displaced or on the workforce, uh, new workforce initiatives or businesses that come into the, the playing field to prepare for something like this to never, ever happen again. From Pennsylvania, Eric Ramsey. I think apprenticeship can play a huge role as we start to recover and, and come out of the, the coronavirus. There may be an opportunity to, you know, we always heard about the jobs of the future. Maybe we start preparing for jobs that um, that have made themselves um, to be essential during this time. Maybe that's where some of the training goes to in terms of safety and keeping uh, things sanitized and things of that nature. We were already on the path of non-traditional apprenticeship. Maybe this is just another iteration of it to, you know, really assess Um, where we are when this is over and see where we can, as apprenticeships, start training people um, to go into the the new jobs that are developed coming out of the coronavirus. But helping these new businesses to see the value in apprenticeship won't be as easy as before COVID. The registered apprenticeship system needs to evolve to stay relevant. An emerging trend over the last few years has been the growth of apprenticeship in more industries. Many new sponsors, employers, and other partners are helping spread registered apprenticeship to new industries and occupations. And some of these jobs are important to our nation's COVID response. States that early in this shift are recognizing the need to double down and bring apprenticeship to more industries and occupations. Here's North Carolina's Catherine Castellas. I do think we're going to have to branch out into more occupations than we've ever done before to really spread and build the growth of apprenticeship. Registered apprenticeship can also be used to help bring displaced workers back into the workforce. From Wisconsin, Josh Johnson. How do we already use the the infrastructure that we have built for our registered apprenticeship program? How do we utilize that to help individuals who have been displaced 
from companies that may not open? How do we get them connected back into industry? How do we help them if they want to do a change in career? How do we help them identify what they're interested in and it's an apprenticeship uh, occupational area and get them connected? More specifically, state directors are looking beyond the pandemic to think through how today's registered apprenticeship programs that fill the immediate needs now, such as healthcare workers or contact tracers, can set someone up for continued success later. Josh? One of the places we definitely see is healthcare. How can we utilize what we've already built in healthcare and expand it to potentially new uh, occupational areas? But then also as well, how do we make sure that those individuals are getting properly trained in those healthcare occupations that exist that will help them when the next pandemic comes around or when the next medical emergency comes around? In Virginia, Patricia Morrison is thinking about how to position contact tracers for long-term healthcare careers. I've been talking to my colleagues about the contact tracing position, and unfortunately, some states seem to want to dive in and make it a very short, quickly studied little program, but I'm really trying to get some political and medical buy-in to, this could be a one-year apprenticeship very easily and make sure you have very well-trained people who can then feed your healthcare system in a ladder fashion when we're beyond all of this. In California, Eric Rude describes how they're working with the IT industry, which has continued to be a high-demand industry through economic crisis. We're actually having a big cybersecurity convening coming up on September 2nd, which uh, we're working with Keith Coleman, who's a professor down at Fresno State and is on the governor's task force to develop a cybersecurity apprenticeship within our baccalaureate degrees uh, for all of our campuses um, of the CSU and UC systems. And uh, that would require 2,000-hour on-the-job training and a, and a 144-hour course that's going to be part of their baccalaureate. that would be their junior year. So like, we're working with companies, and, and this community is going to be it's got all online. Another major trend we're hearing from the state apprenticeship directors is how they are changing how the registered apprenticeship system is working from administration to delivery. Katrina Vigel in New Mexico shares what she's seeing in her agency. One of the things, even on on our end, and, you know, we're part of the apprenticeship system as far as our staff, is teleworking and um, administration is saying we're able to telework um, pretty efficiently. So uh, I foresee there may be some changes as far as even having this starting to work from home in some regard. Much of the redesign, of course, is in the delivery of the apprenticeship itself. In Minnesota, John Aiken. So the department's been extremely flexible in engaging our registered apprenticeship programs who register with us, uh, working with them uh, to find ways in which they can deliver training in a different way. Adaptation for on-the-job learning isn't easy, though, given that it is designed to happen at work under close supervision. John? Well, I think coronavirus has created uh, a couple of challenges. One, of course, is the change in what has happened in terms of being able to actively do hands-on training along with your cohort. Eric Ramsey has been facing similar challenges in Pennsylvania. Some of the, the issues with social distancing um, that I'm, I'm hearing from some of the sponsors are 
you know, how do we instruct people um, in our in the on the job training piece and still maintain the social distancing? Um, right now, uh, a, a lot of the training centers are closed due to COVID. And New Mexico's Katrina Vigils shares that on the job training has also been a challenge there. Even our IT apprenticeship, the only issue with that is that some of these apprentices, they're probably their completion dates are going to be prolonged just because the IT apprenticeship, the employers kept them on, but they're working from home. Therefore, they don't have the the supervision for the -the on-the-job training of their mentor. So therefore, they're they're not actually counting those or they're helping in other capacities of the organization or the employer versus, you know, focusing on just their actual apprentice on the job training piece. And while North Carolina's Catherine Castellas is clear about the challenges ahead, she also sees this moment as an opportunity for the system to adapt. Yeah, there's definitely some challenges, you know going to be there as far as the face-to-face, the person, the person-to-person contact. But I think we can work with that. And I think it just be will be something we're just going to have to morph into a new norm. The transition of related technical instruction to remote delivery in many ways has mirrored the shift of college classroom instruction to an online format. But related instruction delivery has had its own set of challenges particularly around equity. In Mexico, Katrina shares their experience working with apprentices who were quarantined on a reservation. Another one of our programs, you know, they, unfortunately, the it's a very small program, our Plasters and Cement Masons program. And um, really, they're just making copies of homework. And their six apprentices, like four of them, live on the reservation. So if and when they're able to come into to town, one of our reservation areas was actually quarantined. They, they couldn't go in and out of the, the town at all for, for a couple of weeks. So, you know, they weren't able to get their homework and they didn't have uh, financially the ability to set up something electronically or the know-how even, or even on our reservations that they don't have access to, to even phones or um Wi-Fi, those types of things. So it's been a challenge for sure. But overall, related instruction is adapting. Katrina shares some of the successes New Mexico has had. We just had a council meeting yesterday and an apprenticeship training advisory committee meeting on Tuesday. So we actually posed some of those questions. And they're actually finding that as far as the related technical instruction, they've had to change it to to you know, online via Zoom meeting or learning management systems or Blackboard or, you know, utilizing um, electronic media. And, but they're finding their participation and attendance is much better. Our curriculum developer is actually going to be working on a short, just training uh, video or something to send out to, to our program so they can share with the apprentices on the study habits and working from home. In Wisconsin, Josh Johnson talks about modifications they made to related instruction. How does it change what we do as an apprenticeship program truly in the state of Wisconsin? We've had to move to distance learning uh, for many of our uh, technical colleges, for many of our apprenticeship occupations. They are now uh, all learning from home. They have a computer. 
or Wi-Fi for those who did not have it available to them. Uh, the technical colleges provided it or the, the business they work for provided it for them. So it really changed how we do business. Overall, state directors expect that COVID-19 will have many long-term impacts on the system, most of them being positive. Minnesota's Rick Mardigan shares. Our programs really look for new ways to deliver their, their training. They really engage and, and have come up with some fantastic ways to continue delivering their related technical instruction. And related technical instruction is, is an opportunity to provide the theory, theoretical part of that occupation. And so it lends itself well to, to uh, virtual or online training. Ted, I'm really happy to see that the programs have done it. I think uh, coming out of this, the programs will have another tool in their, in their toolbox to deliver training. And I think it, it really opens up uh, training for apprentices who may have been sent to work uh, out of town uh, to somewhere where they weren't close to their training center. Eric Root envisions a similar impact on California. I think it's uh, the use of uh, technology as we move forward in the future is going to have a big say on how uh, on how we can uh, really implement and deliver our, our registered apprenticeship curriculum in the future. Despite the challenges that the pandemic has brought, the state directors agree that registered apprenticeship will continue to be an important training model for employers and workers alike. In fact, in some regards, COVID-19 has brought the importance of skilled workers into even sharper focus. From Virginia's Patricia Morrison. Honestly, I think once the dust settles, we're going to see a robust swing of enthusiasm. Because this has woken society up to the fact that, you know, um, it is very valuable to have your HVAC person still come to your house and fix your equipment. It's very valuable to have somebody cooking meals that you can pick up and take home. It's very valuable to drive that bus. It's very valuable to fix your car. COVID-19 will indelibly change the registered apprenticeship system in America. Many mayors and governors and leaders at all level have set up economic development task force to study the recovery of the economy from COVID-19. Registered apprenticeship will be a very important part in this recovery and must be included in these conversations. The registered apprenticeship system is clearly willing to adapt from talking to the seven directors that we've talked to And now they just have to make the adjustments and answer the call of this particular crisis. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of JFF's Apprenticeship by the State with me, your host, Joseph Hollins. We hope that you enjoyed this episode and we look forward to you coming back to hear more of the innovative things that apprenticeship directors from across the country are doing. We're signing off.